Okay, so, so we, we, we finished the introduction, and now we have to get into uh, the practicalities of this whole story. In other words, the Alter Rebbe proved to us that Simcha is for sure the way to go. There's no question about it. And, you know, as we said last time, we, we defined it into two main points that we could summarize the first part from. Number one, that a person needs to have simcha. It's like the basis of the whole, the whole life. It's the basis of Avodah Hashem. You can't, you, can't, you can't do this whole thing uh, without simcha. It just doesn't work, right? That was the first point that we essentially covered. Um, the second point that we covered is that it is, a, it is an Avodah. It's not something that comes naturally to anyone, right? I don't know, maybe someone somewhere. But for 99.999% of the people, this is not a natural thing. It's a, it, it is an avoida. No, it was an avoida for the Rebbe also. It says that, that that idea is that it's an avoida. It's an avoida, which means that we have to actively, actively take part in, in making it happen, which is a big chiddish, if you think about it, in terms of the way most of us look at the idea of happiness. Most of us look at the idea of happiness as being a, a reward, a result of something, and not a, um, and not a, uh, an avoida in and of itself. Okay, so that's, those are two points that are very, very important to make before we begin. So now the question comes up, okay, well, that's very nice that we've decided that simcha is the way to go. We've decided that it is an avoida, but... You know, <laughs> there's a lot of things that are pushing me away from Simcha. So what am I supposed to do about that? And essentially, the, the Alter Rebbe breaks it into two parts. The first part is things of the physical world that make me upset, make me sad, right? And here, the Alter Rebbe is not going to hold back any punches. He's going to say it the way it is, right? They're not talking about that, unfortunately, you know, uh, my Mercedes-Benz, instead of getting the one with the, uh, you know, with the gold, uh, gold-covered gold steering wheel, I got the one with the leather-covered steering wheel. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about real things, real life. We're talking about the three areas of life that are uh, most important to every single person, no matter who they are, right? That is... Number one, children. Number two, health. Number three, Parnassa. Those are the three areas that everyone essentially is connected to from the inner part of their soul. And therefore, they are the things that drive a person. Could be lack thereof, could be a problem thereof, could be any aspect of that. Okay, so that's section number one. Section number two is going to be spiritual dilemmas, which means in my, what, what, what the Alter Rebbe is saying here is that a person is upset with his spiritual development or lack thereof, right? For all different types of reasons, okay? So what is the basic idea of how we're going to be dealing with this? I guess you could put it in one English word, which is an idea called reframing, okay? This is a psychological word also. Psychology deals with this a little bit. Um, but it's the idea of reframing, which means taking the same situation and looking at it from a different perspective. In other words, we're not saying that the situation is not a situation. What we're saying is that the eyes from which we're looking at this situation are not necessarily the correct uh, approach. 
the correct perspective. I'm misreading, really, the bigger picture. And if I could just see the picture from a little bit of a different angle, I would recognize that this is not something that is going to make me uh, sad. Now, the Alter Rebbe essentially um, deals with this in three main ways throughout Tanya and Igeris HaKodesh. Okay? Let's start with the way that he deals with it in uh, Igeris HaTshuva. Okay? In Igeris HaTshuva, chapter 12, the Alter Rebbe is going to deal with the concept of something negative happening to a person. Here we're talking about begashmias, right? From a very interesting light, which is maybe if you were to say it on a totem pole, like which is higher, which is lower, uh, this would probably be the lowest level, right? But it's hard to say something is lower or higher and whatever, but this is, this is one approach. Again, the concept is reframing. We're not saying that the event didn't happen. Person, God forbid, loses his job, okay? That is a negative event. However, a person could reframe it to look at it as not a negative event. But the event did occur. Nowhere in the Tanya is it saying that this event didn't occur, objectively speaking. The event did occur. The way the Alter Rebbe deals with it in Geras Chuva is that Gehenim is the worst pain in the world. Right? That when the example he brings is from the Ramban, right? And over there, he explains that for every inch that the sun moves down here, when you see the sun moving or the shadow moving in, uh, you know, on the ground or something like that, the sun is moving hundreds of thousands of miles, so to speak, in the upper worlds. Okay? So the idea is that Gehenim is the absolute worst pain that anyone could ever possibly not even imagine because you can't even imagine what it is. So when a person is suffering something down here in this world, it is, yes, painful, but it's only inches compared to the hundreds of thousands of miles that it would cover in Gehenna. In other words, one little inch of pain down here would cover millions of miles of pain in Gehenna so that you don't have to deal with. Now, this is the approach of Igeris Chuva. That is not the approach here or in Igeris HaKadosh. In Igeris HaKadosh chapter 11, he brings a different way of looking at it. And what he says over there is that every single thing is being created yesh ayin. Every event, every scenario, every physical thing in this world, everything is creating yesh ayin. Where is it coming from? It's coming from Eden. It's coming from Chachma. Chachma Vashem. <coughs> Chachma Vashem is the source of all pleasure in the world. So, therefore, the concept is that we just don't understand what it is that we're experiencing. But really, you have to know that a person has to know that everything is coming from Hashem, and if it's coming from Hashem, it's for your good. <coughs> so, this is the concept, this is the concept, the way it deals with it in Igeris HaKadosh, the way the Alter Rebbe deals with Igeris HaKadosh. How does he deal with it here? The way the Alter Rebbe deals with it here in chapter 26 is a little bit different than that. And what he's going to bring is the words Gamzu Lataiva. Now, Bichlal, there are two main stories which I'm sure we're all aware of that are discussing different events that are negative events that turn out to be positive. Right? One is the story of Rabbi Akiva and one is the story of Nachum Yish Gamzu. 
Rabbi Akiva's story, right? We don't have to go through the whole story, right? The whole thing where he has a rooster and uh, and and uh, and uh, what's call it? The candle and the rooster and the and the and the, what's him call it? The chamor, the donkey, whatever. And right, everyone knows what I'm talking about, right? I hope. Yeah. Okay. So every time he says that, what does he say? He says everything that Hashem does, right? Called Avid Avid It's doing it for the good. Nachamish Gamzu, on the other hand. Nachamish Gamzu says Gamzu Latoiba. Right? We know the story of Nachamish Gamzu, right, from Martin Tainis, right, where he talks about where, right, he brings the chest of, of jewels and whatever, and, and he brings it to, to, the, to, the, to the Roman Caesar. And, and of course, the people in the inn, and they, they fill it with dirt, et cetera, et cetera. And then all of a sudden, he just keeps on saying Gamzu Latoiba. This is extremely different way that the Alter Rebbe is dealing with things compared to Gerasa Tshuva and Gerasa Kaidish. Maybe closer to, a much closer to Gerasa Kaidish, but here it's a slightly different. In that, why doesn't the Alter Rebbe say over here the story using the words of Rabbi Akiva? Because the Alter Rebbe over here wants us to reframe in a very different way. The reframing over here is in a manner of the difference between Rabbi Akiva's way and, Rabbi, and Nachum Ishgamsu's way. Rabbi Akiva's whole story was that this event happened and this was a bad event. However, since Hashem did it, something good is going to come from it. Meaning that the fact that, the fact that his donkey gets eaten is not a positive event. It's a negative event. The fact that his rooster gets eaten by a cat is a negative event. However, because this happens, this negative event happens, something positive will come from it. Why do I believe that? Because I know that whatever Hashem does is for the good. I don't see it right now because it looks very negative in my eyes. But the bottom line is is that there must be something positive that's going to come from it. Now, we see the difference between, first of all, let's just understand this, right? Igeris Atshuva was not that way. Igeris Atshuva was saying what? Igeris Atshuva was saying, look, this donkey that I rented was eaten, which means I have big problems now. I have to pay Avis rent a donkey for all the money, and I have to do this, and I don't have any way to go. But what is Igeris Atshuva saying? Igeris Atshuva is saying, don't worry about it because of that, you're not going to have to suffer for 10 million miles of, uh, of, of, Ge- of Gehenim because you're suffering down here now in this world. That's the Igeris Atshuva style that the Alter Rebbe is saying. Remember, all of these things are mental exercises. It's called reframing. You have to look at the, what the Alter Rebbe is saying is that we must, as human beings, use our intellect to change our reality to change, in particular, our perspective. Because if you remember back to the introduction that we were talking, I know that we're not reading inside, but I think you have to have this as a back, background to understand how to approach this, right? If you remember back to what we've been explaining up until now, we've been explaining that you, there is a goal here. The goal is simcha. Without simcha, it's impossible to do anything. But more importantly, the second point, it's an avoida to recognize that our thoughts are not us. Even our emotions are not us. They are 
a garment, as the Alter Rebbe says, in terms of the thoughts and in terms of the actual emotions, the Alter Rebbe explains in Torah or in Pasach Eliyahu, they are an ornament, but it's not me. And therefore, I have to use my power and my, my me, the meanness, to be able to change these things. Because I recognize that I have a goal. My goal is that I have to be with Simcha. Because I cannot serve the Abishur without Simcha. It's impossible. That was the whole introduction. Now what he's doing is he's showing us what to reframe. Now, unfortunately, he does not discuss with us throughout Tanya or throughout most of Hasidus the technique of it. That's something that he basically leaves it at, okay, you have to be meditating, you have to meditate, you have to meditate, you have to meditate, you have to think, you have to think, you have to meditate, right? But no one, nowhere in Tanya is it saying, okay, I want you to sit still and concentrate on your breath for, you know, 10 times and then get into a space where you could slow yourself down. It doesn't say that. That's just unfortunate. There's no technique. The technique that's involved is recognizing what you have to do. What you have to do is you have to change your thoughts, Okay. So, now that we've caught ourselves up, so we're changing our thoughts. So what do we have here? So we have technique number one. You get us a tshuva. This negative thing that happened, Baruch Hashem, it's a kapara, and therefore I'm not going to have to uh, suffer uh, 10 million miles in Gehenna. Egeres HaKadosh, chapter 11. <coughs> Everything that Hashem is doing, right, is coming from the level of Aden, because that's where he's creating the whole existence from, and since that's the source of all pleasure and all good, therefore this must be good. A little bit, not exactly clear, is that, is that, the, is that the Rabbi Akiva style or the Nachamish Gamzu style? So then, Rabbi Akiva style. Okay, this thing that happened, my ox was eaten, or my cow was eaten, or my donkey was eaten, my cat was eaten, is a negative event. But the next morning, because my cow was eaten or my donkey was eaten, therefore the Romans didn't take me as a uh, as a as a uh, call it as a prisoner and sell me as a slave. He's not saying that the eating of the donkey was positive. The eating of the donkey was negative, but it led to a better event than if the donkey would have been there. In other words, no one in their right mind would rather have their donkey alive and be bought uh, and be taken as a slave. It's not, no one, would, no one would make that equation. So therefore, thank God my donkey was eaten. But the actual eating of the donkey was not necessarily positive. That leads us to Nachamish Gamzu. Nachamish Gamzu is saying, no, the event itself is positive. The event itself is a positive event. So now we have to understand, how can I say that this event, when that Caesar is taking out the box and he's seeing that it's all a bunch of sand as opposed to jewels, and he's saying, okay, let's kill this guy, how, is that, how could you possibly think that that's a positive event? So now this is the background of the reframing that the Alter Rebbe is demanding of us in chapter 26. And here is going to give us the instructions of how to do it. Okay, so these are three different methods that the Tanya, the three main methods that the Tanya is bringing, right, throughout the, all four books of the Tanya. Okay, yeah, what? What's the, what's, what's the primary um, method? Meaning, are you supposed to come with the Gerasa and then, oh, by the way, it also does this, or are you supposed to come with everything? It's hard to say because, it's hard to say because, because he brings three different ways. 
maybe we could say that this is this is the ultimate goal. This way is the ultimate goal for sure. But it's it's not so easy. Like none of this is easy. That's for sure. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, the problem is that it's it's push it, it's push it not easy. You know, because we're not talking about like I said that my you know. I'm so frustrated that my Mercedes Benz doesn't have a gold, uh, you know, gold-plated uh, handle, you know, steering wheel as opposed to a leather plate. We're talking about real events that are very painful in people's lives, right? And therefore, it takes a tremendous amount of of willpower, and it is really willpower to think it different, to try to see this in a different perspective. Right, you know, in 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 Igeris Kaidish in chapter Yud Aleph, he says the most crazy words over there. The most crazy words are, "Hain v'lav shavin v'hashava emisi." That yes and no are completely equal in a complete equality. That that is just it, it's a crazy thought. How could you say that? God forbid, you know, someone loses someone, and and you could say yes and no are completely the same. In a complete equanimity. This is a whole discussion that I had with, um, if you remember, the Moyle Yisrael Heller. We always have this. We have this discussion often, right? But 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 right. So his father is Rabbi Heller, right? The Rav of of Crown Heights. So unfortunately, his mother passed away when he was very young, right? He was like whatever, twenty or twenty-one, whatever it was, right? And this was a discussion that that was happening at the shiva. Right, I think Rabbi Yol was there. Whatever, but different people were there. Hey, how could it be Hain v'lav shavim b'hashava emisis? Right, like what does that mean? Like how 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 are you supposed to? How are you supposed to? And it's something you know we just spoke about uh, just uh, even a few months ago. We were talking about this idea. It's hard to it's hard to grapple with this. But this is this is what the Alter Rebbe is demanding. This is the Alter Rebbe saying that this is the way. Now, you know, God willing, we don't have these experiences, and God willing, our biggest experience is the you know the gold plating on our on our steering wheel. Like God willing, that's that's what it is, right? But unfortunately, life is life, you know. So therefore, we see different things happen, and and the approach, however, the approach has to be a reframing. Now, thank God, 99% of most of our lives, you know, that we're living are not dealing with these types of events. It's dealing with, you know, uh, I wanted to have ketchup on my fish sticks and they only had mustard, you know. And I mean, it's like, well, it's a little bit annoying, but, you know, I think we could make it through. But, right, but even in that, what we're seeing is that if you look at a day-to-day life of most people, as we've been discussing for the last week or so, they're, they're, they're constantly... Most people are not in this level of this high of simcha, and you have to ask yourself the question: Why? I mean, most of the time, we're, we're not dealing. Thank God, we don't have to deal with these major life life events, right? We're dealing with you know little stupid things that are happening to us that our Rusa said this or he said that or that, whatever. Really dumb, dumb things that trigger us, right? So let's start with trying to deal with those things. Yeah, you had a question. Perfect. Okay, so now let's read a little bit. Let's read it. I've given you, Mamish, the background behind this whole story. And again, this is the avoida. This is the avoida. So everyone needs to sort of figure out. I mean, the essential idea <coughs> behind this is through, through meditation, right? Through what, what, what is known as these bonus or thinking, thinking processes, Right, that is how we're supposed to be able to try to change these perspectives, right? And it's a matter of 
working on it. It's not so simple to be in control of your mind because your mind, and especially in Nefesh Bahami, is running your mind is like much, much more clever than, than we are, unfortunately. It knocks us down all day long, right? That's what happens. So you have to be clever. And you have to, but you have to focus on it. You have to try. You have to work at it. You have to. That's why it's called avoid. So he says first, the advice that is given, libo, to purify our hearts, mikol Now it's very interesting that he says here libo. Right. Now when he's going to, um, when he's going to be dealing with. With the ideas of um, if you look if you look down on the page, right, you see a colon about four lines from the bottom of the page. So at that point, remember I told you he deals essentially with two main areas. The areas that are dealing with what could be making a person upset are either here he's dividing it into physical versus spiritual. Now if you look at down on the page. Uh, that by that colon it says he says what about if the depression comes from things that are spiritual like a person has done like a lot of sins or something like that and they feel really bad like why did I why did I do this in my life so here he says right in order to be potter from it right over here he says so it's interesting whenever he has a difference of words it's not just like that's what happened to pop into the altar of his mind Right, it's it's a it's there's a there's a reason for it, right? So, over here, right, the idea is that we have to recognize that these uh, concepts of of of, uh, of depression, of negative feelings that are coming from the physical world, are mamish tome. The tome, and you have to mamish get rid of them completely. You have to get rid of them, right? in a way that it becomes like they're not even there. And this is part of this reframing idea. Like if you, you know, it's like, uh, I always, I, I like to give the example, you know, I haven't been there in probably 40 years, but whatever. I don't know if anyone's ever been to Disney World, I mean, probably Disneyland, the same thing before. But like they used to have a, a thing like called the haunted house over there. And, you know, you walk and everyone stay, starts in this room, right? And everyone's in this room and they have all these pictures, right? It's supposed to be a big mansion. And there's these pictures of all these people on the wall that are all smiling, you know, whatever. And then as, you know, when the, when the, when the I guess it's called the ride or whatever, it starts, all of a sudden the floor of the room, you know what I'm talking about? No one's ever been to Disney World before? Maybe they don't have this anymore. But, but the, the, the floor drops down, right, lowers down, and all of a sudden you see the real picture. Like they're smiling and one person, you know, is being uh, chased by alligators and another person, it's really, you know, the picture on his tombstone. And there's, you know, in other words, a lot of times, what we're seeing, what we're seeing is not the is not our. What we're seeing is the reality. Our our take on it is not the reality. Our perspective of it is not the reality. In other words, what we're seeing is the person with a smiley face in this picture, but the reality is not what we think it is. <coughs> we think that oh, this is a picture of a guy that's you know so happy in life, you know, sitting in this mansion. And in reality, it's uh, you know the picture on his tombstone, or he's running away from alligators, or whatever. Whatever it was, each one is a different. And like there's probably about eight pictures along the room. But this is this is the idea of what the Alter Rebbe is trying to say here. We have to change our perspective on things. We have to reframe, right? And we have to see things from a different light, right? 
So that's why he uses the word here, letaher, letaher libo. Masha'enkin, with regards to when if I did sins and things like that, right, we have to bring a different approach, but lepater, not to like totally dismiss it completely. We did sin, so therefore we have to fix it. We have to, you know what I mean? It's not like it's like completely out of the clear blue sky. We have to fix these things. So anyway. So, the, so the, all the issues that come from the physical world are mamish tamim. But the, the, the sin can come from it's, the physical it's not, world. It's not, it's not, it's not that they're tame in terms of, it's the perspective that I have has to be purified. That's, in other words, the event itself, again, I'm trying, to, I, I'm, I'm, I think this is a really important point to bring out. The event itself is an event. The question is my perspective on the event has to be, has to, has to be reframed. That's what, that's what the Alter Rebbe is discussing here. And again, there's a reason why this is called Avaida. This is, this is serious. This is the real Avaida of life. Right? This is the real deal, Avaida. This is not simple. Right? So he says like this, libo mikol Right? And then he says, V'nidnu daiga. Right? So to take away any type of depression or any nidnu daiga. Remember, that was the, those are the words that he used in the beginning of the parak to show where every bad thing is coming from. This nidnu daiga, this remember the nidnu from the word the Hebrew word nandada, right, is a is a seesaw, right? The constantly back and forth of this of this worry that's going on from all different things, right? In other words, we are constantly, constantly being trapped by our worries of what's gonna happen the next moment. What's gonna be here, what's gonna be with this, what's gonna be with this, what's gonna be with this, what's gonna all these different things. And then he says, Afilu. Now Afilu here is a key word because up until this point, right, he's basically saying, Okay, you know, look, you have some worries, you know, you're wondering, you know, is it gonna rain today or not? Maybe my hair is gonna get all wet, you know. Okay, things like that. He says, No, 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 that's not what we're talking about. Afilu even uh, because a person could think, yeah, okay, that's that's something I could use this for. Like, I'm not going to worry about whether my hair gets wet in the rain or not. Uh, I'll be okay with that. He says, no, no, that's not what we're talking about here. Even the most three most important areas that no person could say, I, this doesn't apply to me. This is something that is deep-seated in everyone's neshama. It's deep-seated in everyone's neshama to be concerned about their children their health and their parnasa. That's just the way it is. No one could say about themselves, oh, it, this doesn't apply to me. It applies to everyone, right? That's the way it is. Right? It's known to everyone the famous Maimarazal, right? Which is interesting because if you look over there in the Mishnah, it brings, it brings first. Uh, something something positive happens, right? You make a bracha tova metiv. Then he says, if something negative happens, right? You then you bring you say uh, right Diana Emes, right? And then he says he says other things. And then if you you can't have the if this thing, right? If you can't pray, if you make a davening if for something that already happened, and, uh, all these different things. And then he comes back at the end of the Mishnah. And he says, and just like you're supposed to mivarach on the on the, the tov, etc., etc. So the commentators ask, you know, we just said that. What do you mean? You just said it before. So basically the way it is explained is that this is for all like positive or negative events, right? That in general, with positive and negative things are happening over there, right? Now, it's very famous. 
right? The and that's what he says. But Pirsha Begemara, the Kibule Besimcha, right? To be able to receive it, Besimcha Kamo Simchas Hatayva Haniglis Vahaniris, right? The Simcha of the Tayva, like it would be a good positive thing in a revealed manner. So that's how we have to approach it. So it's a little bit different than the beginning of the Mishnah. The beginning of the Mishnah is talking about something positive happens to you, so you make a bracha like this. Something negative happens, so you make a bracha like that. And then at the end of the Mishnah is saying, and like in general, you have to mevarach on the toiv, just like you mevarach on the rotten. And the Gemara explains that this is basically talking about that you have to look at the positive events like the negative events. Now, the obvious story that everyone knows is the story of the, of the right, the Yorzeit is this week, so we can say it, right? Uh, and more clearly, the Magid's uh, Yorzeit is also on Yotezkislav, right? And the famous story about the Hasidim that came, exactly which one of the students it was, um, there's different opinions exactly, but the bottom line is how could they make this bracha on the good like the bad? Right, and everyone, everyone knows the story, right? And he sends everyone, he sends them to this is a, the famous Reb Zusha story, right? And he said, they say, oh, I can't. The Magid says, you know, go and ask my student Reb Zusha about this. And they go to Reb Zusha, and when they go to Reb Zusha, you know, he says, oh, you know, what are you doing here? And they said, the Magid wanted us to go and ask you a question. Oh, what's the question? And the question is, how is it possible? to, you know, be this idea of, just like the, the Mishnah says, you have to be varach on the good, just like you varach on the bad. Or varach on the bad, like you varach on the two, good, whatever, right? So the, the Zusha looks at them like uh, in an awkward way, and he says, uh, you know, I, I don't know why the Magid sent you to me. I said, what do you mean? You know, and he's like living in dire poverty there, you know, shredded clothing, you know, sitting in a base medrash with broken windows, you know, freezing cold, you know, like icicles coming down from his beard. You know, that's the impression that I have in the story. You know, it could sort of, that's one of the advantages of not having videos. Maybe you guys can't appreciate that, but, you know, us old timers, right, we didn't have videos for everything. So you could actually use your imagination for things and you could imagine in your own mind what you think it means, right? Maybe it, maybe it, it's a concept, it's a concept that, uh, that uh, maybe you guys could think about, the idea of visualization, but, um, which is also an important concept in this whole discussion. But the idea was that the, Rabbi Zusha says, uh, I don't know why he sent you to me. You know, because all my life I've only had only good, right? I never had anything bad, right? Aha, right? This is obviously everyone's heard the story before. It's but it's something. It's it's a it's it's a it's a different event. So at this stage, he's setting the he's setting the stage for the reframing. So that's very nice, right? Right? That we are saying this, but like, how are we supposed to do that? Like this event that's going on is bad. I mean, come on, what what are you talking about here? Right? So he goes further. So he says, Right? Okay, so therefore he, he now mentions, uh, right? Right? He brings it in these words. Right? Everyone knows that phrase. And therefore, the Alter Rebbe is signifying with this, uh, these three words here, that we're talking about the Nachem Ish Gamzu approach, not the Rabbi Akiva approach. Right? Everyone's got it, right? So now he goes from there and he says, right? Because the only thing is, is that I have to recognize that it's just not able to be seen with Ene Basar. So the question is, what do you mean? Uh, you're just, you're telling me that it's, it's good. Right? Okay, so the Altarab is saying it is good. 
You just can't see it with your own eyes. So the question now comes up, well, what am I supposed to be seeing? Like, if you're telling me that it's good, right? So uh, it's hard for me to, to exactly catch it because I'm saying it's not good. I'm looking at this and my whole being is screaming out that this event is not good. And you're telling me it is good. So we have a, we have a little bit of a situation here, right? <laughs> Difference of opinion here, you know, right? So, so how, how are we going to deal with this? So now he comes with the reframing. So he says, what is the reframing? Okay, so now we got the punchline. The punchline is, how could we say that this event is really good? And he says, I'll tell you why. Because it's coming from Alma Discasia as opposed to things that come from Alma Discasia. Now, Let's try to, we're already like way over time, but let's, let's just try to swallow this for a minute. What is he saying? He's saying like this. If you have a teacher, one of the mashalim that I've given for this, if you have a teacher that knows a tremendous amount and you have a student, and in order for the student to understand what's in the teacher's mind, the teacher has to, so to speak, really hold back all the information that he has in his mind in order to just give him a drop, little tidbit of it, so that way the student will macabre it. And with this little tidbit, the student is able to grasp it and say, oh, that's so wonderful, you know, it's like great, right? But really, this teacher is holding it back. He's really holding back the, the goods. He's really holding back the, the, the diamonds, you know, <coughs> from the student. Let's say, however, the, the teacher just comes right out and gives him all the diamonds, everything that's in his mind. It'll blow away the student. The student has no idea what you're talking about. But really, what is he giving him? He's giving him everything. It's just that the student can't comprehend it. So where's the issue? Is the issue in the giver or the receiver? Really, the giver is giving everything that he has. It's just that the receiver can't appreciate what it is that he's seeing. That's the idea here. The idea here is that Hashem is the ultimate good. Hashem is the ultimate good. But the things, the way we get it, when we see that this is apparently good, right, is just little tidbits, like little, uh, like he's giving you, like a little, I'll give you a little piece, little, little, uh, but I'm saving the cake for myself. I'll give you a crumb, right? Oh, and I go crazy over this crumb. This is the most amazing crumb ever. So the, so the, so the, the Abishur says, let me give you the whole cake. But the whole cake doesn't, doesn't come, cannot come down into this world. It can't come down into this world in a revealed good way. Not until times of Mashiach. All it can come down into this world is in a revealed bad way. But he's giving you the whole cake. He's giving you everything. So this is the reframing. The reframing is, that's why it's going to go and get, bring all these psukim in a minute, you know, we'll do it tomorrow, but to explain this idea and to prove this idea that someone who has Yisurim, it's the ultimate goodness. It's the ultimate kindness that Hashem is giving. That Hashem is giving you the whole cake here. 
because I can't see it that way, that's my that's my my problem. Not his problem. It's my problem. Okay, so you could say to this, okay, so you're telling me that this negative event is really the Abishra giving me the ultimate good? Yes, it is. So then why don't we daven every morning and say, please, Hashem, give me Yisurim. God forbid, right? So the answer to that question is very much the basis of Tanya. Because the, the Tanya is trying to explain to us throughout the whole 53 chapters here that there's a, there's a reason why we're here in this world. The reason why we're here, our neshamas came into this world, is to serve Hashem. To do Torah, to do mitzvahs. That is why our neshamas are here in this world. If, God forbid, a person has Yisurim, it's going to block him from serving Hashem. He's going to get involved. Oh, he has to go to this place, he has to go to the hospital, and he has to go to here, and he has to go to there, and he has to... So really, it's a block. It's not allowing him to fulfill his mission. Ay, but Hashem is trying to give me the ultimate good. If Hashem decides that that's what he wants, he's going to do, that's, that's, that's his prerogative. But I know that I have a mission down here in the world. My mission down here in the world is to do my avoda in this world. To do what I was sent down here to do. And that's what I have to focus on. If the boss tells me that I have to do something, gives me something else, okay, that's a different story. What can I do? But I was asked to do this particular project. But now the big boss comes along. Can you come and help me drive me? Okay, the big boss comes and tells me this is what I have to do. Fine. But I was given the job to do this project. And by having this boss come in and, and take me and ask me to drive him somewhere, it's taking away from my purpose of being here. So that is his prerogative. He can do whatever he wants. This is the Abishter's world. He, and, and I'm happy to be in his world. And I'm happy to do my mission down here. But if from time to time Hashem sends me into a situation where uh, it blocks me from doing my mission down here, I, there's nothing I can do about that. Now, this, in my opinion, it, it, you know, I'm putting myself into this right now, is very hard. It's a very hard reframing. It's a very hard reframing. It's a recognition that Hashem is in charge, number one. It's a recognition that Hashem wants my ultimate good, number two. That Hashem is together with me, number three. Hashem is, wants the best for me. The Nefesh of Bahamis is going to stand on his head day and night to prove that these points are false. And it's all happening right there. And that's the avoda. The avoda is to, to, to prove to myself that this is for my good. This is for the Abishter talking. This is the ultimate good. This is what Taira is teaching me. Again, there's only one story of Nachamish Gamzu. There aren't stories of you know, 50 million people, Jews, that have lived throughout the last 2,000 years. There's a reason for that. It's not so simple. This is not a simple avoda. But this is the backbone of the avoda. This reframing. Okay? So, in essence, going back to your question from before, 
the way I see it is that the avoda of Igeras Hachuva is a much easier avoda. Look, unfortunately, this is a negative thing that's happening. And thank God it's saving me from a million miles in Gehenna. It's putting things into a context. Even the avoda of Rabbi Akiva, in a certain way, is a really an easier avoda. I don't understand why my, my donkey is being eaten. But I know that everything Hashem does is for the good. And something good is going to happen from this. So Labdafka is my donkey being eaten good. It's just that something positive will come. It may come tomorrow. It may come in 10 years from now. But it's going to come. This avoda is the avoda the highest level of Nachamish Gamzu, of this thing, the donkey being eaten itself, is, from, is the best. It's a matter of working with each one of us, working with our minds to try our best to deal with it. And it's, it's, not, something that, it's not something that you could waltz through life and just expect to have because you read it one time in, in, in chapter 26 of Tanya, or even that you listen to this this year, 10 times or 20 times on Spotify, right? It's not going to happen. It, it's a lot of self-searching and a lot of work in working with your own mind to be able to learn how to control your mind, to learn how to stop yourself in your thinking process, to really try to put in this material and try to live with it when different Hopefully, Hashem gives us practice with little things that, unfortunately, they didn't have any ketchup left for my fish sticks. What was me, right? So that's a, that's a great opportunity to work on it. Because, you know, at the end of the day, who really cares if you have ketchup or mustard? When you have to deal with real-life experiences, it's, it's practically impossible. But if you have all that work that you're constantly working on and recognizing that that is the avoda to do, so then it, you're going to be much more, uh, I don't want to say ready, but I'm going to say, like, at least you know how to, you know, how to juggle it. And the bottom line is that we all read this and we all know this. And God forbid things like this happen. You still, it's, 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 uh, it's a tidal wave. I'm not, I'm not, and believe me, I'm not talking from the top of the mountain here. <laughs> I'm the bottom with everyone else. That's for sure. And I'm begging Hashem that he shouldn't challenge me with these things, and none of us with these things, because we have an avodah to do down here in this world, which is to serve him with Torah mitzvahs, and they knock you off your block constantly. But this is the reframing. But this reframing also has to be done, like I said, when the ketchup is not there. And hopefully that's what Hashem is going to challenge us with, and that's, what, that's, that's as far as we're going to go with this. But this is the idea, that it's coming from the Alma Discasia, from the Yud K versus the Bav K, and to recognize that it's Hashem, Hashem is in charge, Hashem is making this, Hashem does everything for the good. Therefore, like we said in the Gerasa Kodesh, chapter Yud Aleph, yes and no is equal in a complete equanimity. Right? Because it's coming from Hashem. And if Hashem wants me to have mustard instead of ketchup, then He knows that that's what's best for me. That's the idea. Okay? I think we, we went way over time today. <coughs> we'll stop here. Like I said, it's a, it's it's not this is not this is not children's play, this this avoda, for sure. Okay. We should all have Hatzlacha that we should only be blessed with 
Atoyiva, Nira, Vinigla. That's only, that's as far as we get.